right, you guys. So we're almost done with a series called Be Blessed, or Blessed Are, I should say. Rejoice and be glad. It's coming off of this Sermon on the Mount where Jesus teaches all of us what it looks like to be his people. It comes out of this relationship, this right relationship with God. And as we just said, that was only made possible by Jesus' sacrifice. Not by yours, but by his. And so we want to go with what Jesus says. So please join me, Matthew 5, 1 through 9. We're almost done. Next week will be the last installment of these Beatitudes, and it's a doozy. Next week will be next week, though, so it'll be after Thanksgiving. If you're in town, please come. I know you might have, like, a food coma or hangover or whatever, but bring yourself, roll yourself in, (laughs) or have somebody who didn't eat as much roll you in, whatever it looks like, but we'd love to have you, and it's a crazy ending. But if you'll notice, right before we read, in Matthew 5, 1 through 6, Jesus talks about being blessed as his people, and it's a very, very personal thing. But in 7 through 9, and really into 10, 11, and 12, but we'll talk about that next week, it becomes very public. I know that people are very, very um, quiet at times and personal, and it's like, this is my relationship just between me and the Lord. <laughs> yep, that's where it starts. You cannot keep it to yourself. You cannot keep him to yourself. As a matter of fact, his greatest commandment is to love him with all that you've got, and then to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So this is always going to be, always, and it's hard. And so as we look at this, maybe looking at these things that we've already looked at before and how they pour into each other and interconnect and on the discussion questions, I have you like reread this and go through that again together. Please take time to do that. But here we go. Matthew 5, 1 through 9. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called sons and daughters, children of God. Blessed peacemakers. It comes from starting out with, gosh, I know that I don't have it together on my own. I'm poor in spirit. I recognize that I'm bankrupt. I can't do it on my own. And we have all kinds of things. And I think you guys know this. I love Christian rap. You're welcome. I, I take it super easy. There's so many times in me. Like I'm sitting right there and I'm just like, oh, gosh, I just want to spit. But it's not about all that. I get it. But one of my favorite bands, groups, theologians is the cross movement. And this guy, the fanatic, said in 1997... Who wasn't born in 1997? (laughs) Appreciate it. 
It's like a lot less than I thought. Praise God. All right. But in 1997, he had this song. And it says, God, I love what you cook up to get me to look up. We're in a broken world. And God's like, look, I can make you whole. But sometimes you got to know you need help before you ask for it. As a matter of fact, I don't know a time in my life where I asked for help before I knew I needed it. And some people just never know. I pray you're not one of those people. But peacemaking, right, comes as a result of all of this. Poor in spirit, mourning and grieving and being comforted because you know that this world ain't it. Being meek, humble, power under control, the abilities that you have are so you can be humble and help other people. You inherit the earth. So these are personal things that come out publicly now. You hunger and thirst for the right relationship with God, with the right way with God. You don't hunger and thirst for you to get yours. But you hunger and thirst for the right way that comes from the Lord. And you're satisfied. That's what satisfies you. Going anywhere else isn't going to satisfy you. Does anybody have a testimony? I'm not going to make you stand up and share it. But I just want to ask, like, so by a show of hands, how many of you have tried to find satisfaction outside of Christ and were left empty? How many of you have found satisfaction in Jesus Christ? How many of you have to keep being reminded that you are satisfied in Jesus Christ? (laughs) Me too. Then he says, blessed are the merciful. Now we're starting to get this outward expression. Blessed are those who are merciful, who are compassionate, who forgive, and who go do that because you'll be shown mercy. You will be shown mercy. Not just like this isn't some salvific thing. It's like you're going to feel it. You're going to know it. Be kind and compassionate, tenderhearted to one another, Paul tells us. Forgiving each other. Just as in Christ, God forgave us. I love because I've been loved first. I forgive because I've been forgiven first. And that helps me to be pure in heart. Be real with God, transparent with God. Not somebody who dresses up and pretends around people. For you shall see God. All this flows to being blessed peacemakers. What? How? I'm glad you asked. We're going to unpack that. (laughs) But first, what's a peacemaker? I mean, I'll get the dad joke out of the way. Somebody who makes peace. Good. Good job. (laughs) Now, what's a a peacemaker? A mediator. Good. What else? What's that? A listener, whoo. Nathan, that's good. A mediator has to listen, a listener. That's really good, Carol. <laughs> wow, you know what that makes me think of? Whatever clip I'm going to jump off today, right? It's a little different each day sometimes. That's very good. Somebody who can calm you down and literally talk you down off a cliff. We understand it a bit. Any other thoughts? Anything that makes you go, okay, this is what a peacemaker is. What's that? Ooh. Gosh. Eric, that's good. Insulator. 
So my wife, Kathy, sits here. She's amazing. Amen. I, was, I mean, yeah, whether you amen it or not, I know it, so I can talk about it. But we were at an event one time for um, the 4th of July, and all these fireworks, and I just, can I just be straight up with you? Fourth of July, as cool as that might look, it's always just like this stressful thing for me. Part of it's the money that's spent and literally just The other part is being in this world. And I went down to 8th Street, the very first Fourth of July that we were here, and I've never seen such a combination of alcohol and drugs and explosives in my whole entire life. These guys were shooting M80s by people's heads, and at that point I was like, we're going to need to go home because I want to hurt somebody. And I don't want to be a part of that, hurting somebody. I don't want my family to get hurt, so went. So we went to our friends on this sweet mansion, like out on this lake, and all these fireworks are going, and all of a sudden they were going at the same time, and the platform that was on lifted up and started shooting at us in the crowd. And the very first thought that I had wasn't duck, which I praise God for because I am really into some (laughs) self-preservation. I instead turned my back (laughs) and pushed my beloved (laughs) on the ground. It was a good moment for me in that I was protecting, and I got hit in the back, and I felt it was really warm, but I didn't catch on fire. Thank you, Jesus. But she says to me, what are you doing? (laughs) Fair, fair question. (laughs) And you're welcome. (laughs) I'm not always a peacemaker, though. I don't always put myself in the way. I'm not always an insulator, but Jesus is. What's a peacemaker? His name is Jesus. Listen to this, Dr. Tony Evans, one of my favorite preachers in the whole wide world, great author. I haven't 100% agreed with him, but a a lot of percentage I agree with him. Listen to this from his, this is something I don't agree with, naming a a study Bible after yourself. (laughs) That's just a hard one for me, but a lot of teachers do it, and that's the name recognition, but here you go. Dr. Tony Evans from the Tony Evans Study Bible. You make peace by identifying truth, addressing the sin, and constructing a bridge between those who are at odds with one another. Peacemaking can be difficult work. The only thing that I'll add is that it doesn't just happen once. It's ongoing. Mediation needed. We're in a broken world. We're not at peace. So Jesus is the peacemaker and the prince of peace. Again, with proper respect to Thanksgiving, and I love it, and it's right around the corner. And I don't just love it because of the gorging. I love it because of the time with my family. But with that respect to that, I'm going to give you what's traditionally known as a Christmas passage. Let's go to Isaiah 9. 
So all the way back, you're going to get past Psalms and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and all that. We're going to go to Isaiah 9, 6, and it wasn't initially made for Christmas because Christmas wasn't a thing. Jesus has always been a thing. Christmas makes a big deal out of him. Eric and I were just bragging about the fact that God is so amazing that he took December 25th, which was known as this winter solstice and this weird pagan thing, and it's still happening all over the place, and we have little pictures of it, and people freak out, and a lot of people are like, how could you as Christians celebrate? Okay, legit, we could argue about that, and we can talk about it, but what I'm saying is what most of the world knows December 25th is, is supposed to be a celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. Way more on that in the weeks to come. But this, in Isaiah 9, was just a shout-out to the Messiah, Jesus. Listen to this, Isaiah 9, 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Turn with me really quick to Ephesians 2, 13 through 14. More on the whole idea about his blood and his price being our peace. Ephesians 2, 13 through 14. As you're turning to it, Ephesians 2 is one of my favorite passages in the whole entire of the Bible. It's so about our desperate need, God's amazing grace. We can't work it, but we can work it out and we can share it. It's so good, so wonderful. Go read it, enjoy it. But I'm going to go to Ephesians 2, 13 and 14 on Jesus, the peacemaker and the prince of peace. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, <laughs> can, you, can you relate to far off at all? So you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. There's no longer, and he, he talks about this in Ephesians, there's no longer those who are Jews and those who are Gentiles. Those who are in Christ are one. And we're made one by Jesus' blood, by Jesus' sacrifice, by Jesus working for our peace, battling for our peace, paying for our peace. And just a couple of chapters or a couple of books later in Colossians, Paul says it again in a similar but different way. Please join me, Colossians 1, 19 through 20. Aaron, I, I'm getting it. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, his blood paid for our peace. Good. Allow me the re repetition. Do you know how many people have talked about the football game that they watched yesterday more times than once? Do you know how many people have talked about an investment that paid off more than once? Do you know how many people have talked about, like, literally anything that they're interested in more than once? Aaron, well, this is about the fifth time. Thank you for keeping track. Seven more coming right to you. So here we go. Colossians 1, 19 through 20. For in him, who's the him? Yeah, we're in church one more time. <laughs> Thank you. For in him, 
all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. So when Jesus was out here walking on the planet, he was the fullness of God? Yep, because he is. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus. He is, was perfect. And through him, to reconcile, to make right, to make the books look good in our favor. Through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And then finally, we'll just go back to Romans 5. I know that I already read this. It's a little, bit, a little repetitious. As you probably already know, I just don't care. <laughs> Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The most peacemaking activity that you and I can do is to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with those God puts in our way. Read it one more time for you, and it'll be up on the screen. The most peacemaking activity that you and I can do is to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with those God puts in our way, says Pastor Matt Chandler on his Right Now Media study called, wait for it, The Beatitudes. Clever. This guy's good. You can't give away something you don't have. As you sit here right now, you have a ton of different needs. Only Jesus can fulfill all of those. But if you were to ask me, Aaron, could you give me a pair of socks? Not only do I have a pair on right now that I could take off and give to you, which I would. I can go to the office and we have just a bunch that were donated to give to people who need them. That's something I have, and I can give it. If you were to ask me for $1,000, I'd be a lot less inclined to be able to meet your need. But try, I mean, just try to figure it out. If you ask me for a million bucks, I think you get the picture. I couldn't give you that. But peace, I know where you can get that. Oneness with God, I know where you can get that. Forgiveness, I know where you can get that. Life abundant, I know where you can get that. It's not me, but it lives inside of me. I can hand you what I know about Jesus, and I do on a regular basis. And it's been handed to me over and over again. My father in the faith reaches out, hey, Aaron, I'm going to be in town, and this time, can you get together? I'm like, I don't know if I can, but... Man, I would so love to see you. Hey, here's some things that are going on for us today. Would you pray for us? He sends me just this beautiful text reminding me where I can find my peace. (laughs) And it wasn't in Kevin Kavanaugh. It was in Jesus Christ. Preachers need to be preached too. We need this peace. And this place is rigged to remind us that it ain't it. This place isn't it. This world isn't it. Our lives on our own aren't it. And so we receive that, and now the best peacemaking thing we can do is introduce people to the good news of Jesus Christ. How many of you get tired? 
Don't raise your hand. I think we already understand this. How many of you get tired of on a Sunday morning, the preacher mostly just talking about the good news of Jesus Christ? There's a lot of other things in the Bible. I know. I love them all, and they all point to the good news of Jesus Christ. You guys remember what the problem was with Adam and Eve? What, what did they do wrong? Anybody? <laughs> you're an educator, and, and you're right. They didn't listen. Who did they not listen to? Who do we not listen to? Not always. I love it. I don't want to sit here like beat the sheep. <laughs> Stupid people, if you stop listening, you know. But I mean, we're here, right? So we might as well be real. We struggle. But that's not all we do. We've been made right with God through Jesus Christ. And so now I can listen to that. And I can share that, and I can be excited about that, and I can say, yeah, I know you're blowing it. I know you didn't listen. I know Adam and Eve did it, and we pass it down to every kid that ever was, and they pass it down to their kids, so on and so on. And I know that that's real, but that's not where the story ends. There's peace to be had and to walk in. Ben and Darcy, can I share a tiny bit about what you're going to share with me, what happened when you went to the beautiful town of Seattle? I, that was super sarcasm. It used to be gorgeous. <laughs> They're on this wonderful weekend. Football's over. Oh, we recognize each other again. All those things, right? Great date. Oh, yeah. And, of course, the obligatory car break-in. But they didn't tell me. I mean, Ben talked to me for three and a half minutes without mentioning it all. His bride mentioned it to me. They're talking about the fun that they had. Hey, it got broken into. That's a bummer. But they really didn't steal anything. They're obviously looking for something in particular. But here's what I wanted to land on with that. Darcy says, they did go through my journal. And this is where she takes notes on her time with the Lord and her time here on Sundays. And we were all like, oh, maybe they got to a spot that made them go, oh, man. <laughs> I'm Sorry. Maybe. But even in the midst of just the craziest darkness, we have life. And we have peace. And no offense, but it's not found that because of Crosswater Community Church, it's found because of Jesus Christ. It's not found because of whatever church you think is amazing. It's found because of Jesus Christ. And these churches should point you to Jesus Christ. These churches should make a big deal out of Jesus Christ. We should be a broken record about Jesus Christ. And there's going to be people that God puts in our way. And sometimes it's going to feel like they're in our way. I got to finish. So what I'm going to do is read 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21. I'm not going to make any promises. Kathy tells me, don't, just don't make promises. Just say your thing. Do it. Thank you, honey. You're in my head a lot. <laughs> you're, 
You're in my head a lot. <laughs> I'm just curious, though. What do you think I said? <laughs> no? Okay. All right. What's that? It's not fair. I get a mic for it's not. <laughs> Do you say I have no hair? <laughs> we all know that. <laughs> if you're online and you're missing all this side stuff. All right. 2 Corinthians 5. 14 through 21, at the end of each message, we've been trying to point you towards some application. How do you move towards Jesus? I'm giving it to you early. Here's the answer. You'll find your answer in 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21. For the love of Christ controls. Some of your translations will say compels. It sees, grabs a hold of. But here in the ESV, it says, for the love of Christ controls us. Because we've concluded this, that one has died for all. Therefore, all have died. And he died for all. That those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, from the outward, from all the things that they do, Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. There's a lot to that. They used to obey because of all the laws, and now they're realizing that the Spirit has set them free to actually live it out. My friend Jeffrey said, look, Aaron, as we focus on Jesus, we actually do the things we're supposed to do. Word to Big Bird, my friend, nice job. That's how that works. Jesus bless you. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. Not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. If you heard reconciliation a lot in there, you should have. (laughs) We are reconciled to God through Jesus, and we introduce people to Jesus and the reconciliation. Do you know the name Crosswater comes from a bridge? His name is Jesus. He's the only bridge to the Father, but we're a bridge to Jesus. Crosswater. Cross the water. Go out and make a difference. Show the world who Christ Jesus is, starting with those closest to you and moving out. Therefore, we are ambassadors. Marlo, is that the Tony Evans one? Listen to this. Straight out of Tony Evans. He recognizes and defines ambassador as an officially designated representative authorized to speak in a foreign country on behalf of the country or the kingdom that sent it. You started here as a broken American, broken human, broken sinner. That was your country. That was your identity. But if you're in Christ, you are now an ambassador for a completely different kingdom. 
before Christ. God is actually making his appeal through us. We implore you, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Really quick, I want to go back to this phrase, sons of God. I can't remember how to pronounce the Greek word, something like that. But it means from a, from a standpoint of a legal term, sons were those who inherited. Now, there's a really cool story about daughters that did because their daddy didn't have any sons. And you can go and look at that. And the Supreme Court of our country looked at the Bible and recognized some things off of that. But it really means, in its context children. But the phrase sons of God is about family resemblance. You know, we're outside just this morning and my son Zach is greeting people and I did whatever I did because I'm weird and goofy and somebody says, does he embarrass you sometimes? And said that to Zach. And I'm like, it's fully mutual. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like his mama and her family, but just about everything else is a little bit spastic like his daddy. (laughs) And so we say things like father-like or like daughter, right? She is her mother's daughter. She is her father's daughter. He is his father's son. And this sons of God means that we are representing the character of God when we're making peace. This isn't peacekeeping where you're like, oh, just no problems. We get together for Thanksgiving, but don't talk about this, 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 and that, and we just cannot. We just got to be good to each other, be nice. Peacekeeping looks like, yeah, just do whatever you want to do. It's totally fine. It's not. I totally love you no matter what, but I can't pretend like something that is wrong is right. Just so I can have cranberry sauce and not have indigestion? (laughs) Sounds right. Making peace is pointing people to Jesus. I don't think you should stand up on a chair or a table or just if you're not able to get up on either one of those, just right on the floor and go, listen, everybody, I know it's Thanksgiving, but you all are hell-bent sinners and you smell like smoke. You need Jesus. Submit. I'll pray for dinner and then we'll just eat. (laughs) But gosh, you guys take time to talk with people. Ask, hey, are you tired of how things are going? Hey, have you thought more about Jesus? You might be told shut up 10 out of 10 times. Lucky number 11 is right around the corner. Make peace by pointing them to the peacemaker. There's a negative connotation to this, you guys. In the Bible, it says it like this. You're a son of an ill-begotten woman. And we say it in a different way in our culture. And what it means is, she's a mess and so are you. 
But the positive thing is you and I can be sons, children of God. Those who are about our father's business. Those who are reaching out and remembering and, and being mediators and trying to point out the truth and trying to be a bridge and to create an opportunity for those who are opposed to one another to be together. So with that, I want to finish in the book of Romans. We're going to 8.29. If you are in Christ, you were picked to be his people and his representatives, as we read in 2 Corinthians 4. Or excuse me, 2 Corinthians 5. Listen to how Paul says it here. For those whom he pre-knew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, to look like Jesus. <laughs> In order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. He says, I want you to be like me. You're going to be born again just like Jesus. You're going to be, Jesus was born again. He was raised from the dead. And he wants us to share that with people that they could be set free. This is the peacemaking. This is your move towards Jesus. Receive it and give it. But I'll let you go back and spend a little bit of time studying, reading 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21 for your own moving towards Jesus. You're ambassadors if you're in Christ. If you're not in Christ, we implore you, be reconciled to Jesus. It's as simple as confessing him as Lord, believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you'll be saved. He's not going to leave you alone. He's going to keep coming after things. The world can have their standards, and you can love them, but you can't love the Lord Less than you love the world. You're his children. Not children of the earth or children of an ill-begotten woman. You're his. Let him raise you. Let him shine on you and through you. Be peacemakers. Be blessed peacemakers. Blessed means whole and complete. Satisfied, happy, joyful. But next week, Jesus finishes with, you do all of these things, you live this out, and you will be persecuted. And he calls that a blessing, too. Ooh, can't wait. <laughs> Seriously, starting to feel a tickle in my throat. <clears throat> Probably won't be able to preach next week. We'll get John up here. He'll take care of it. <laughs> I hope I didn't just speak that into existence. That'll be... Sorry, I don't believe that kind of crap. All right, anyways, let's pray. <laughs> Jesus, you're so awesome. I want to see more and more of you in my life. I want to see more and more of you in the lives of my family, my friends, my community, my state, my country. This world, Lord, I want to see more people at peace with you. God, we've just so overwhelmed by what we see on the news and on social media or what's happening to people in Gaza on every side of the conflict. 
Oh, Jesus, we need your peace. We need people to be set free. In this world, we'll have trouble, but we can take heart because you've overcome this world. Jesus, help us not to be people who are afraid to make peace, to point people to you. And if they don't listen, we try other ways to share it. But may we not water it down. They need you, and so do we. May we be about that business of making peace through your good news. Jesus, we want to see more and more people come to you. And we really want to see you come back. Jesus, have your way in us and through us, we pray in your perfect name. Amen.